everyone, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book Betsy Ten Boom, Promise of God by Mike Evans with permission of Time Worthy Books. And we are on chapter 31. And uh, I do want to apologize for not getting a, a reading out last Saturday. Life was a little bit crazy around here. We just bought another house and preparing to move and getting this house ready to move. So it's, life's a little crazy and I've been doing uh, Corey Ten Boom around at different places at the Ark and at the Creation Museum and uh, just praise God for that opportunity and for the time that he gives me and the energy that he's giving me at 71. I, I just appreciate that so much and uh, just knowing that he does it all and not me, right? So let's get to our story. It says, a little before noon the following day, Hannah Meyer arrived at the shop. The fact that she arrived in the middle of the day was troubling. Others came at night to avoid being seen, but she was a family friend, and even if she wasn't, we wouldn't have turned her away. Still, it was unusual for a Jew to be out in the open like that. Corey brought her upstairs to the kitchen where I was preparing lunch. We sat in the parlor to talk. When we were seated and alone, I looked over at her and said, I have to ask, did you marry Tobias? No, she replied with a forced smile. I did not. Good, I replied. After you left that day, your father came here looking for you. She nodded. I know. I went to your cousin's house in Amsterdam, as you suggested, and they let me stay with them. He found me there. He was worried, I continued, trying to explain why I disclosed her location. I didn't want to tell him where you were, but I didn't think I could really refuse. And I told him only after he promised not to make you marry. It's okay, she smiled. Actually, I needed him to find me. And what you said helped him see that he could not solve his own problems by forcing me to marry Tobias. How is your father? Is he well? No, tears welled up in her eyes. The soldiers took him just a few days ago. I'm certain the council selected him. They were asked to provide names of men who could be sent to Germany to work. He is on the list. How do you know that? Tobias told me. I arched an eyebrow. You still see him? Occasionally. Your father's on the council, isn't he? Yes, a frown appeared on her forehead. How did you know that? I saw him here one day, I explained. When the soldiers were loading the trucks in Grout Mart, he was with the officers watching the selection. Selection, she repeated. I hate that word. As do I. But it has become the way of describing the process. They are selecting people to die. She had an angry scrawl. They see us as less than human. I know. Tobias's father is the president of the council in Amsterdam. He gave the list to the Germans. He is still angry that father didn't make me marry Tobias. I am certain he had father sent away out of spite. She cut her eyes at me. He is angry at you, too. News that he remembered me was unsettling, but I was not much worried. There was little I could do about it anyway. The list of people angered with me is growing longer every day, I chuckled. Hannah shifted positions in her chair. I have heard that you help our people. Can you help me? What do you need? Germans are clearing our neighborhood, going from house to house, rounding up those who managed to elude their earlier searches. I left Garrett and Margaret because I didn't want them to get in trouble. I need a place to live. We can help with that, but first we should eat lunch. I stood and gestured towards the kitchen. Come help me. We can continue to talk while we work. After lunch, I took Hannah upstairs to one of the remaining empty beds. She stowed her few belongings beneath it. 
and I put her to work helping me keep house. She stayed with us for two days, and then we sent her to live in the countryside. A day or two after Hannah left, Cornelius Mazert came over from the apartment across the street from where the Cons had lived. The sound of his voice drifted up the stairs, and I heard him talking about a watch that needed to be cleaned. So I went down to see him. He was standing near Corey's desk when I came down from the staircase. Mr. Mozart, how are things on the railroad? The question seemed to make him uneasy, and his eyes darted away. Oh, you know, the trains are all running. He moved to the left, handed his watch to Papa, and then glanced over at me. I understand you had a young visitor the other day. Oh, I saw her arrive two days ago, but I have not seen her leave. She looked like someone I might know. Is she still here? I'd like to say hello. Corey, still seated at her desk, fidgeted nervously with a pen. I ignored her and continued to talk. I'm not sure you're talking about. We have many people in and out of here. Yes, he said with a sarcastic tone. I have seen them, coming and going, and not just during business hours, but at all times of the day. He was right about that. We had done very little to hide the traffic in and out of our house. You're watching our house, I asked. I see everything that happens on our block, he said smugly. And I notice you've taken Con's apartment, Papa said, injecting himself into the conversation. But the clock shop remains closed. You are not a watchmaker. Merz's look turned angry. You know better, he snarled. Papa removed the loop from his eye and looked up. Do you no longer work for the railroad? For an old man, Merz chirped. You ask many questions. Yes, Papa chuckled. I suppose I do. But one has to wonder how you're able to afford the apartment and maintain your family and remain at your window watching the street. Merzert snapped back the watch from Papa's hand. Never mind, he snapped. And if you get arrested, don't blame me. Everyone on the street knows about your Jews. And then he stormed out the door and was gone. I looked over at Corey. Everyone knows what we're doing. Yes, she sighed. I think they do. But do you want to stop? No, I smiled. I don't. Well, that's the end of that chapter. That was a short chapter, but it's a lot to think about, a lot to talk about as a family and to discuss and go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. Next week, we'll have chapter 32. I love you. I'm praying for you. And bye-bye for now.